Now Becky Bell is going to come up and uh, tell a story of Christ's redeeming work in her life. Welcome. Thanks. Good morning. My name is Becky Bell, and it's a privilege to be with you on this special day. My husband Dave and I moved here in September, and we've been attending Cornerstone Church since December. We're natives of Iowa, recently moved back from Ohio, so it's nice to be back in Hawkeye country and to know that we can still survive an Iowa winter. Um, I'm so sorry. We're part of a small group that meets with Pastor Matt and Carrie at their house, and we shared our testimonies there, and that's how Matt invited me to share this morning. I was born in Clinton, Iowa, and was blessed to be part of a Christian home. My father was pastor of First Baptist Church of Comanche, and I'm the youngest of five children. When I was about three, my family moved to Mount Air, Iowa, where my father pastored the Baptist church there. While we were living there, my dad took some work with a local farmer to help provide for our family. One night, he was driving a tractor home, and a drunk driver came up over a hill and ran into him. He was seriously injured, and the doctors weren't sure that he would survive. Gradually, he recovered from his injuries physically but mentally he was never the same. Whether from his head injury or whether the trauma triggered a previous tendency, we don't know, but from then on he struggled with bipolar disease. At the time of his accident, my sister was in college, my three brothers were in high school, and I was just starting kindergarten. For the first year or two, our family got along, as my mom would say, by the grace of God and the kindness of church friends. As Daddy recovered, he decided he should leave the ministry and go back to farming. Since he and my mother were from western New York State originally, uh, we moved back there in hopes of him getting work with the people that he knew. Over the next eight years, he was in and out of various institutions, where, depending on where he was and the cycle between depression and manic activity. Health professionals didn't know a lot about treating his condition back then, and many of the treatments were very hard on him. It was also hard on my mother, as she had never worked outside the home and had always depended on my father to make the decisions. Added to the difficulty were the reactions of some, even Christians, who suggested that real Christians don't have mental illness. In the middle of the ups and downs and the frequent moves that Dad's treatment involved, God provided for us in a variety of ways. We didn't have a lot, but he always provided our needs, and in doing so, he did an amazing work in the life of my mother. She had been raised in church but didn't really come to salvation until after they were married. Without being able to depend on my dad, she threw herself on God in desperation. I remember her telling and one of the difficult moves that they made, how she prayed and said, Lord, if you just get us through this safely, I'll never doubt you again. And he did. My dad passed away when I was 12 from complications of his treatment and a heat stroke. As I grew up and my mom led me in prayer at night, I remember ending every prayer and please help daddy to get better. Even as an adult, the fact that God had not brought my dad back to health lingered in my mind. 
I had come to faith at age four after hearing a sermon that talked about hell and realizing that if something happened to our family, everyone else would go to heaven and I didn't want to be left behind. I remember hearing the song, At the Cross, and the part in the chorus that says, At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. I wanted that for myself because even at that age, I had felt somewhat of a burden knowing I'd done bad things. My dad and mom led me in a prayer for salvation. Later, when I was seven, I worried that I'd been too young earlier to know what it meant, so I asked my mom to help me to be sure. She led me in prayer again, all the while reassuring me that God had answered my prayer. Shortly after that, I was baptized. Growing up, it was usually just my mom and I, as my brothers and sister were already out of the house. She and I moved back to Comanche and were very involved in the church there. I felt loved and somewhat parented by the church friends who'd known me since birth and felt partly involved in raising me. My dad had always emphasized the importance of knowing scripture, so mom enrolled me in a Bible memory program by mail, and I learned the verses in large part motivated by the prizes that were awarded. It wasn't until I was an adult that I realized what a great blessing that was. After high school, I attended a college in Kansas, and in December of my sophomore year, came home for Christmas break. In the basement of our home church, I very literally ran into Dave Bell. We started dating not long after that, and I credit him with helping my adult faith to become genuine. He was going through some struggles at the time, and we spent many hours talking about spiritual things. Because of my Christian training, I had all the pat answers, so to speak, but the knowledge really hadn't gotten to my heart. Even in his struggles, he had read through the New Testament and was really excited by his faith. We dated during the summers and wrote back and forth during the school year as we were attending different schools and then married the year that we graduated. God has been so very good to us. We're blessed to have two wonderful children and son-in-law, two beautiful granddaughters. By God's grace, they love the Lord, and we continue to pray that God will use them mightily in their generation. As we've made some moves different places because of job loss, God has always provided for us materially and spiritually. Being involved in a variety of churches, I've been blessed by participating in some very good Bible studies. In going through Hebrews 11 for one of them, I came across a verse that seemed to speak to the issue in my mind about God not seeming to hear my prayers for my dad's healing. After listing the first several heroes of the faith in the Old Testament, including Abraham, verse 13 says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. It struck me that though my father did not receive healing in this life, he died in faith, no matter how difficult his circumstances, and one day will receive full and complete restoration. I'm so thankful for that. Just before moving here, Dave and I were blessed to retire from jobs we both loved. Dave had retired from Buckeye Power after 25 years, and I retired from Ohio State University Extension uh, after working there 19 years. My job had involved senior adult education on various health and motivational topics. I loved working with seniors, 
And as God allowed me the freedom, I was able to include biblical ideas and even some scriptures in the programs I presented. But I was always limited by being the representative of a very secular university. I longed to be able to pass, I longed to be able to talk to the people I met of the hope found in Christ, even as I saw many of them get older and pass into eternity. As I got near retirement, I prayed for and anticipated some kind of Bible study ministry with seniors, either in independent facilities or in nursing homes. But shortly before retiring, I developed some leg problems that led to a torn meniscus in my knee. I had surgery within a month of retiring, and it did not go as planned. After six or seven months of various kinds of therapy, I eventually had my knee replaced. Because of the surgeries being so close together and complications from being on crutches so long, the recovery took a long time. In February of last year, my leg was just starting to feel somewhat normal. I told Dave I almost felt like I could dance. Um, But within that next month, I sprained both ankles. They weren't serious injuries, but the ankle problems combined with a still weak knee make it hard for me to walk comfortably. Doctors and therapists here and in Ohio have been hopeful, but at this time it's not clear if things will get much better. My dream of ministering to seniors hasn't worked out the way I thought it would, but God has used my difficulties for good. I was able to facilitate a small group of very dear older ladies at our former church. Being limited physically and experiencing pain has helped me really understand what it's like for those that I like to be involved with. I'd always struggled with the idea of being fully surrendered to God and his will. These last few years have been a daily class in that idea. I realize more and more my total dependence on God, whether I'm having a good day or a difficult day. For sure, I know that though I don't understand why things happen as they do, God is faithful. It says in Psalm 25, all the paths of God are loving kindness and truth to those who keep his covenant. And as the writer Amy Carmichael says, all means all. Over the years, I've also noticed a number of places in the Bible that talk about those who believe not being disappointed by God. Psalm 25, 3 says, No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. Isaiah 28, 16 says, See, I lay in Zion a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. Again, in Isaiah chapter 49, 23, it says, Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Paul quotes those references in Isaiah in his letter to the Romans, and Peter does as well in his first epistle. So whether we see or appreciate the end result of God's dealings in our lives, as it says in 1 John, we can know and rely on the love God has for us. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Becky, for that story of, of uh, God's faithful work in your life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just thank you that you are at work in all of our lives, and uh, we can trust in you, in your faithful work. You are worthy of our trust, and we want to trust in your unfailing love and and in your cornerstone, Jesus Christ, who is 
the basis, the foundation of everything, and you are faithful. You will, you will bring it to a wonderful completion, and we look forward to seeing the end of the story. We trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.